Disclaimer. The following program features language not suitable for all audiences, and the expressed opinions found within this program are a reflection of those who feature on the Pop Culture Effect podcast. Welcome to the Pop Culture Effect. I'm Rockin' Rob, and on this show, I bring my closest friends together to talk about all of the news happening in our pop culture world around us. Welcome, one and all, to another just genuine heartfelt episode because I, I think a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today just hits a lot of us in the in the feel goods and i i'm i am joined I, i'm joined by my friends my pals uh i'm joined by menace hello i am joined by gemini hello and i am joined by blaze friends being a strong word but sure hi wow okay Ooh. all right I see how it is. I see how the, the, the atmosphere of this episode is going to go. You know what? Before we get into anything, there's two things we got to address. First, unfortunately, uh, our good compatriot subset has fallen ill. He will not be taking part in today's episode, but he shall return. I thought he, I thought he died in the war. Um, I don't think we're legally allowed to say that. <laughs> uh, he did not we're die. Gonna, we're just going to resurrect him next week. I, like, okay. All right, I guess we're taking. I guess we're gonna talk about necromancy at some point. So, so stay tuned. Uh, it's an underrated class. And, you know. And speaking of, you know what? Actually, speaking of necromancy, the first thing I want to talk about before we get into this episode is the fact that the developer behind Saints Row Violation is dead. They are shutting down, and I am very sad. That's tragic. And- and no, and I don't think anybody else cares because because they kind of they kind of messed their reputation up with the remaster. I really liked the last one that they put out, Saints Row Four, just because of how wacky and crazy it got. It was always my go-to enjoyment game. But yeah, it's nuts to think that they're like they're probably just gonna get picked up by a big IP, and who knows what's happening to the franchise after that. I hope that it gets a remaster, but at the same time. You know, maybe, maybe just, maybe just have a remaster collection for updated graphics, and then just let the let the franchise die. Maybe that's just my that's just my two cents Sounds on like it. A good idea, in all honesty. Yeah, but <laughs> that concludes the addendum, the addum dum, before the episode. <laughs> Anyways, to get things started, I think it is appropriate that uh, Gemini, you, you you get this whole section to just talk about your literal favorite game in the entire world <laughs> so 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 just go go ahead and just go ahead and and, and, and enthrall us with sims knowledge. this podcast is gonna be a long one i can see it already i will try not to talk too much but speaking of uh you know franchises that have been around for a long time and well, honestly, I don't want it to die, so I hope it doesn't, but... So, I believe about, I think, five months ago, they had released some bit of, like, a teaser for the newest Sims game by EA, Maxis, under the code name of Project Renee. Um, a lot of people speculate it is Sims 5, but with more recent, I think the most recent behind the Sims stream that they did, it's actually not really Sims 5. There's not a lot of information that they've released about this game, such as, you know, release dates, the name, even it's still going by Project Renee. Um, but the biggest thing that people are talking about with it is it is going to be free to play right off the bat. Um, which, you know, if you're familiar with the franchise, 
from Sims 1 all the way to Sims 4, which is currently free, Sims 4, but it wasn't at first. You had to pay full price for the game when it came out, as with all of the other ones. Their plan for Project Kune when it comes out is to be free to play. A lot of people are unsure what they mean by that because they said it is going to be, oh, they had like a special term for it, um, where essentially like, it's going to be free. They said there's not going to be any form of like subscription base or um, like how with a lot of free mobile games, there's like that pay to play aspect, like a energy mechanic or something. So they're not going to be doing that. But it does look like it's going to be so like time savers. Kind of. It's not going to include any of that. And apparently they want to try and push for an online aspect. I don't know how that's going to go. Ooh, I, I think I'd be interested in that. I, I think, Sims I think the MMO. I think that's. Well, they, I, here's the thing. They actually did that a long time ago with the Sims 1 engine. It was called the Sims Online. It was. Oh, I never played it because I was a young child at the time when Sims Online was a thing. So I've never played it. Apparently it's kind of been revi revived by the fans but I still never really bothered because I'm, I'm a weenie when it comes to online social interaction sometimes. But, um... Oh, really? You know, oh, shut up. <laughs> but uh, they said, you know, base game is going to be free and they're actually adding a lot of things that will be free with the game, I guess, on launch or whatever, which they don't normally do, such as like basic weather, which in the past that has been a purchasable DLC for the Sims and everything. Um, however, they are going to focus on activity packs, such as say you will have basic weather, but if you want to have like winter sports, they will have like the winter sports pack or something with it, which is very common for a lot of, you know, free online games like that. Another thing that people have been like kind of concerned about is what they've been showing so far is it looks like it's going to be more like an apartment based thing and people are kind of afraid that it'll be similar to IMVU or those other social online sims where, you know, if you want to purchase large home or like get a large home or something and not live in an apartment, you probably have to pay a lot of in-game, or no, not in-game, a lot of real money to do this. And, you know, it's probably gonna end up being like a bit of a big money sink, which I mean, to be fair, The Sims 4 is also kind of a big money sink, so that's besides the point. <laughs> but there's a lot of, you know, hype, like hypothetical things going around with this, um, because we don't really know much of what's going on with the game but they have at the very least released a couple of like tidbit like sneak peeks of what they do have developed and kind of like um the building aspect which it looks really cool i for one in the end i am excited because it's a new sims game whether it's actually sims 5 or just a weird offshoot thing i'm gonna be excited for it regardless because ea and maxis has my throat in a goddamn chokehold and they've had it in a chokehold ever since i was a child so you know but Jesus. hey it's true I mean, I'm the same way with Call of Duty Zombies, let's be real. Yeah. It's like me with Bungo. Yeah, we all have those games where they just, they have you in a hold and they will not let go. Uh, I just want to make one note. I think, I believe that in our lifetime, we will see the Sims franchise evolve into a live service game. And that, I have Is a fear not? about that. I know, I know, but I like instead of them having releases like Sims 4, Sims 5, it would just be Sims, and then they would just constantly update it, constantly mic like microtransaction the heck out of it. I mean, and that's possibly what they might be doing because Project Renee will be released alongside Sims 4, so that's why you know they're kind of pushing away from the idea that it is not Sims 5, but something else entirely that's Sims related, but not like a new game installment. So it is possible they're going down that like that's what Destiny 2 is doing, right? Like that track of they're going to release the game and just continuously update it and not really yeah. make anything new ish. 
I guess I like, guess maybe, maybe Destiny 2 could be a good benchmarker to see how they might implement certain aspects of this new Sims game, and, and, and at least from the live service aspect of things. Yeah, because the thing is, they can't go too crazy and intense with these DLC packs that they're going to release for it. Because then that's going to limit their like their online aspect of it. Because like you know, say we all join up in a game, and like you know, me be having an uncontrollable spending problem with The Sims ends up getting almost every form of the pack. While say like you know, Tyler on the other hand, you know, he just downloaded the game to try it out for free and doesn't you know doesn't want to or doesn't have the money to get that. It would cause some like issues and everything you know, joining up together if I have everything. However, also they could take it in the paradox route where, you know, if it's something where the person who has all of the content um, hosts it, then everyone who joins them then gains access to the content. Cause that's how paradox games work. The person who is running the server, if they, they, it will automatically be unlocked for you. If you try to go back to the save, you know, without it, then you will run into problems. But as long as you're playing with the person who owns all of the content, then you have access to it as you play in that save. I could see them doing that. Destiny does the, the former over the latter, where if you don't have the, they have the content, you can't play it. But there are free stuff that involves that content that everyone can enjoy. Yeah, and they might do that. But, um, yeah, that's... You know, that's pretty much it with, you know, it's going to be free to play. They're not going to try and have a subscription-based service, but there will be DLC. So there won't be like the like microtransactions in that sense with a lot of the free-to-play, especially mobile games. That's another thing um, when people, when they were showing it off very recently, is that I guess it's going to be both a desktop and mobile game, like com- like Ooh. combined. Because it showed, it showed them like playing what they have of like the beta, like on a phone and everything. Um, like doing little like building stuff and all that. Yeah, so that could definitely I, open up their player base because mobile is huge now. And that's possibly why they are taking this leap, especially because they're currently coming under fire for their Sims Mobile. That's a bit of a problem. Oh. Uh, they might, be, yeah, EA might be facing a lawsuit because of the Sims Mobile. I will admit. I mean, it's a- EA. Do you really <laughs> expect any else? Anything else? No, I'm not surprised. But apparently, the Sims Mobile is really, really in a bad spot because like the game barely works half the time, and then people will pay money for things and then they won't get it yeah i i will repeat my statement do you expect anything else from ea (laughs) no i do not but regardless that's bad but anyway that's pretty much all i have on project renee slash sim five you know not a lot of info but definitely something to keep out for or keep a look out for gemini here and you're listening to the pop culture effect on cjsw blaze what do you have on this new trailer for the boy and the heroin needle Oh boy, I got what? That's a different movie from a different part of the internet. I think I think what I think what Gemini is talking about is the new Studio Ghibli movie, The Boy and the Heron. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I started talking. Like, wait a minute, what did she? What did she say? Probably should have. Pro- probably should have put Studio Ghibli in in the notes. <laughs> nah, Bobber, but anyway, yeah. So Studio Ghibli is making another film here called the Boy, the Boy and the Heron, which has already went in theaters in Japan, I believe, and will be in theaters for us in America, I believe, in December. Did you illegally? I mean, did you happen to watch it somehow? Uh, you probably could. I wouldn't recommend it. I'd rather wait until it's in theaters because Ghibli films are meant. 
be watched in theaters. They have it in theaters all throughout the year of all the past Ghibli films. They do like a new one every month. At least that's how it is with theaters by me. They do a different Ghibli film every month. That's so get, cool. You guys get Studio Ghibli movies in your theaters? I we do, just at get, least. We just get whatever they spit out from Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's the same here. Yeah, well, anyway. you lucky place. <laughs> yeah. You get, anyway. you get actual masterpieces, sorry. <laughs> uh, it'll be in theaters December 8th. But uh, this new Ghibli film that was... This is a new Ghibli film and was supposed to be Hayao Misaki's last film, but was just rumored that he might not be done after all, even at his age of 82 years old, and still directing Ghibli films. Um, I mean, that's... I mean, that's awesome, but I feel like... I feel like the quality of the writing might dip. I don't know. From the trailer, this thing looks great. But originally, he retired after his last film, uh, Wind Rises, back in 2013, and came back to do this film 10 years later. Has it really been 10 years since a G- Studio Ghibli movie? Well, we've had a couple other ones by, like, the sub-company J-Kids, and there have been some other films in the studio, but this was that was the last one made by Miyazaki. Ah, I see. Um, but anyway, uh, with how he- Miyazaki's done his films. Uh, people have considered him to be like the father of Japanese anime with its rich stories and beautiful art and films. But this new film follows a story of Mahito, a young 12-year-old boy who's struggling to settle into his new town after his mother died. From the trailer, it seems to be from like a fire, perhaps. But however, when a talking heron informs Mahito that his mother is still alive, he enters an abandoned tower in search of her, which takes him to another world. Isekai! It's a Studio Ghibli Isekai! Well, I guess most of the Studio Anyways. I was gonna say, Spirited Away was an Isekai, technically. Technically, yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, the church... The trailer shows off that it's going to be a very interesting film and has a lot of aspects that do remind me of Spirited Away and Howl's Moving Castle, which are two of the top Miyazaki films and my two personal favorites. Curious, uh, what Ghibli films do you guys think are his best ones that he's done? Or just any of the Ghibli films in general? I mean, uh, for me, it would definitely be Spirited Away because I feel like that's like kind of the only... Well, I think I've seen one other one, but, but definitely Spirited Away is my favorite. Either Spirited Away or Howls. Me too. Spirited Away or Howls. However, I will admit Castle in the Sky is also up there. That's such that, a good that, one. That's that an older one, one. But that's an old one, but that's good. Yeah, but I'm really excited for this. I nearly lost my mind when the trailer got announced for it, and I didn't realize it was already released in Japan, and it's only a couple months away, so thankfully you don't have to wait too long to watch it, and I am definitely seeing it premiere night in theaters. But, uh... Yeah, uh, going from film media back to game media, Menace. Tell us about Solar Ash. Okay, so if if you guys have been watching the episodes, uh, during one of the Gamescoms that I covered, I was able to talk about a game called Hyperlight Breaker, which is made by a studio called Heart Machine. Uh, they originally made a game called Hyperlight Drifter, set in the same universe, which is like a, a 16-bit Souls-like game. But unbeknownst to practically everyone, this last week... They came out with a game called Solar Ash, which is a first for them being a straight 
3D RPG platformer, and you play as, it's still set in the same universe as Hyper Light Drifter, but from the creator, it has been said that it this has barely any relation to the game. You play as Ray, who is a what's called a Void Walker, and you are trying to stop your planet from being sucked into a black hole called the, uh, oh god, what is it the Ultra Void? Yeah, Ultra Void is what it's called. And essentially, you are going into this black hole to implode it or destroy it in some way and to also find out what happened to the other void runners that came with you throughout the story you'll you kind of get to see just uh you get to see other civilizations that have been pulled into this black hole and parts of the planets are still there it's very vibrant it's very like neon colors but it's got this super melodramatic tone to it it's very dour and the story the story is just chef's kiss when it comes to holding this holding this tone of urgency with saving your planet along with showing you these vibrant landscapes and telling you the lore of these these ancient civilizations that came before you and were destroyed by this massive anomaly essentially um you get to like unlock different suits that give you different power-ups you get to explore around the world and find, like I said, find lore. And there's even secrets, uh, like secret missions and stuff that you can find and go down and do, like side quests and stuff. And turns out that there's also like an ecosystem that has been created by the Ultra Void itself, which has been flourishing that you get to find out more about, which ties into the whole the whole story of the game. I won't say too much because even just saying a little bit on how the how the mechanics kind of work can give spoilers. But yeah, it's it it was kind of like a uh, a nice surprise to come out because I've been waiting for Hyper Light Breaker to come out for since I first found out about it and talked about it on the show. Yeah, that's all I really got for that. <laughs> Nice. Absolutely seamless. No one really had anything to add on it. I mean, I feel like when it came, like, I feel like there's just so many game conventions going on right now that there's just... Well, this isn't even a game convention, sir. This is a game I played. No, no, I know, but I'm saying, like, there's, there's so many game announcements, so so much game content that's been announced and, and revealed that's just... It's, it, I, I feel like we're all just burnt out talking about video games. No, this one, this one wasn't even like announced or anything. This one just it showed up on Game Pass one day, and I was like, "Oh, this looks cool." Turns out for it's me, made I'm, by the same people. For me, I just never played it, so I don't have any in like input. Yeah, yeah I've never heard of it. I haven't either. had a chance to play. It. I haven't. I've heard of it from you talking about it, but I haven't had a chance. to play it so i don't really know anything about it. oh that's real fun though uh you get like you get like hover shoes so you get to like skate around and a grappling hook so you can like, it's very fast movement and stuff like that but it's about even going it is a very short game like even going through uh people have been doing speed runs of the game but if you want to complete everything it only if you want to complete everything including the side quest for every care or for the for the characters that you find it only takes about like seven hours to complete but it's meant for replayability more than more than it is just to go through you're listening to the pop culture effect on CJSW. But going from a, a vibrant game to uh, one of my old favorite childhood shows, Bobbert, what is this new this new Blues Clues show coming out? Well, that's the thing. It's not even new. It was it it's one of those it's it's one of those moments in internet history where it does it doesn't really matter where it comes from, but we get we get some old history. We we got the we we got the official pilot for Blue's Clues that was called Blueprints. And it was crazy 
to watch it because it was a full 22 minute video which you can watch uh i'm sure there's uh plenty of youtube videos or reddit posts that have links to it it's just really crazy how i don't even want to say low tech it was because it was it was a genuine episode but it was it was very it was very low res it was very it, it just did not have the polish, especially now with the, with the reboot and the yeah, it was very bare bones to to the to the effect where basically if there was any moment where the camera panned over to the animated uh, subjects, whether that be like the vegetables or the salt and pepper shaker or the other elements, like the the, the sorry the elephants, not elements, elephants. Basically, any time that they were on screen and you would expect to hear Steve continue his sentence, it just kind of cut off. So that was a little weird. And also, there was even points in time where you could hear other people speak, like a woman from off screen was doing a VO for some of the characters. And during one particular moment, you could audibly hear a cut, like a cut and an action, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> just because, you know, you don't you don't really you don't really get to see this kind of behind-the-scenes aspects of it and yeah it, the, the other thing about this this pilot is that the entire episode had this like low hum so I it kind of felt like a horror sketch just Steve dealing with his schizophrenia it was it was great it was it was, awesome. think it was like a found footage kind of thing exactly it was so it was so strange also also I am so upset because first of all the like blue the blues blue skidoo the animation on it was oh it was bad it was it was so bad I I implore anybody that's listening to go out of their way to watch it just for the blue skidoo that Steve pulls off because it is it is unbelievable like genuinely but you know like that happened so long ago like that was it was literally the first ever recording of Blue's Clues and now we have new shows we got new hosts we got new dogs and the franchise is honestly growing to a point where I think it could be the next like juggernaut in a sense of IPs because I feel like Blue's Clues, it's kind of like Barney, where everybody knows about it, you know? But it also does feel old. That's like, fair. Like, like, finding out about this pilot also made me feel old because it made me remember the, the video that Steve posted in celebration of the 25th anniversary where he was just... It, it was... You guys remember that? The, the, the message to the viewers. It, it made me cry. I just thought it was mm. funny, the meme with Blue's Clues that shocked a lot of people when they found out about it, that Blue was a girl while the pink dog was the guy. Yeah, Blue is a female. Yeah. I didn't know that until just recently. So the more you know. The more you know. Yeah, I remember finding that out and I was like, whoa, really? I mean... Really? <laughs> really? Well, no, like, well, yeah, like, you know, years ago, I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. <laughs> Turning expectations on their head. Hey, hey, you want to know something? There's a part of me that believes that there's a part of me that believes the conspiracy theorist of subset that isn't here that it was just it, it was a retroactive fix to be more hip oh no i don't think be so more be more hip with and jive with the with the youngins these days robbie stop okay i'm so old i'm gonna i'm gonna move on we're gonna talk about another uh ip that's relatively it's, it's got some new content but it still still brings back the memory 
memories of how old we really are. Blaze, take us through how amazing this Fiona and Cake series has been so far. Yes. So uh, Fiona and Cake is a sequel series on Max or, well, they call it Max. I'm always going to call it HBO Max. Because it just I, sounds better. It, it sounds does. better off the tongue. It, it's weird just calling it Max. Because Max, dude, you know what I think of when I hear Max? I think of Max and Ruby. Oh my God, dude, I forgot about that show. Didn't they? I think they had like a resi- <laughs> like a return. I need to fact check this. Go Isn't ahead, talk, talk about Fiona yeah. and Cake. I need to fact check <laughs> but this. But anyway, a lot of people thought this was going to be a spinoff series, but this is actually like a true bona fide sequel to the series of Adventure Time following uh Fiona and Cake, which was originally just like a made-up fan fiction that Ice King made up as like a one-off episode. I think they may have done like a second episode with Fiona and Cake in the main Adventure Time show. But the series follows a depressed Simon or Ice King uh, trying to use dark magic to bring back Betty, but instead brings a normal life version of Fiona and Cake to the realm of Ooh, and you start to and it's basically the trio of them trying to deal with the issues that they have at hand not trying to spoil much about the show um, but deals with a lot of multiverse travel and there's a lot of nods and hints and tidbits recalling back to the original series I was just saying, it's, which is something I think is really cool that they're they're showing a lot of homage to like, oh, you would have got this if you knew watch the original Adventure Time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, one, one thing when it comes to Fiona and Cake, uh, the only thing I really knew about it going in was the multiverse aspect of it, and I'm so happy that we get more Adventure Time with more different ver like i don't know i i as as is clear in the rec- in like all of all the episodes we recorded at, at least some point i may or may not be talking about a multiverse i just love the concept i love it whenever it shows up in media so i'm i'm happy for it i i, I, I give it my thumb my thumbs up and i haven't even seen it yet so but uh, the thing that I was going to say is like with the references and stuff, I really like that too. Uh, this won't really spoil anything, but there's a uh, one of the uh, in in Fiona's world, you get to see all the other characters as like normal people. And they'll be like, yeah, I had a dream about being a banana. And it, the guy is supposed to be a banana guard in the land of Ooze. <laughs> you sit there like, ah, that's that guy. See, yeah, see. It, de- it definitely was cool seeing um, certain Adventure Time characters as like normal human beings. But the thing that really blew me away was the fact that there was a call to a character that wasn't even in Adventure Time. We now know that the Adventures of Flapjack is connected to Adventure Time. <laughs> How? They it, it's make- in the multi. Multiverse, Prismo, yeah. man. Prismo made a little comment about the uh, about the Flapjack series. Yeah, they, they, they've just always been there, you know? God, I hated that show. Like, ever since the <laughs> episode where the pancakes become moldy and, like, become sentient, that's, that freaked the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> hated that show. See, my favorite episode was when they tried to get infinite, like, when they tried to get infinite candy by bringing in the candy wrappers. Oh, dear God. Oh, that was great. But yeah, um, Fiona and Cake um, is airing every Thursday on Max. Uh, with two two episodes airing every Thursday. You like how my emphasis on Max? Just just the way you said that, you had 
the most disdain like, in your I voice. hate the it's logo. Like, I hate the name change. It looks so bad. It's like Twitter and X. Nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna stop nobody calling it Twitter. It, it literally <laughs> feels like an April Fool's joke. That's what it feels like. We're still gonna call it HBO Max or just HBO. Right? Yeah. I don't know. Like, ah, uh, man. Yeah, well, why bother using the recognizable IP of HBO? Let's just call it Max. And just put an M on the logo. Oh, and by the way, that, that comment about Max and Ruby, they it wasn't actually, like, a full-fetch return. They just showed up as, like, a 2D cutout of a, of a like, a, a, a next-on preview type thing. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm excited to see where this series goes, and I'm wondering, I'm curious on if it's going to get, like, a second season, or if it's going to continue, or if it's just going to be the one season and done. Wait, I think in one of the most recent episodes, they even came across a certain enemy of their past. Is that correct? Yes, and I am very hyped oh. to find out what happens next Thursday. Oh, no, I, 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 like, no spoilers, because it is still a relatively shush, shush, shush. recent shush. episode. I'm, I just started good. watching it's it today, shush. It's, it's so, <laughs> oh, I'm excited, I'm excited. I'm going to uh, also stay quiet, though. But yeah, try, not going to say anything more to not spoil anything, but it's a great watch, a lot of fun. I really love uh, see more of Simon with this series. Right? Okay, I need... Uh, I'm so sorry, I need to interrupt here. The thing is, I love the Ice King. He is literally my favorite character in the entire series, and I am so glad that he is one of the main characters in this, where we get to see him not be a crazy Ice King. He's just... We get to see Simon. We get to see... Oh, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And in, in like, the main, like, world of Adventure Time, in, like, their universe, um, it's definitely been at least, like, maybe five ten years past because you do see Finn oh, as yeah. like an a full-on adult right oh my god dude and he oh. is a bad i did like how you you don't oh yeah and you don't just get to see him like as an adult he, you get to see like different, different versions in, oh. at least involving simon he's seen him he's seen him since like in before then too also and he's like you get to see like younger adult finn and you get to see how he is now i, re I really like that too uh but you like the thing that i really loved about it that i wanted to say is that like i just love how simon in all of his knowledge of living the lifetime that he's lived he's just basically the exposition dump for Fiona and Cake. <laughs> Pretty much. But no, it, it all makes sense. It's very, it, the story is really good. It's very comedic. Has some really fun touching moments. And I, I, I think they're doing really good with this series and I hope it either continues or ends like with a really good end. Honestly, I could see them going the route of like a what if, like for Marvel. Like they could, they could literally just have miniature episodes, like little five minute episodes in like a 25 minute span. That's considering that they've opened at up At least from what I've seen, that's kind of what they're doing. They're like a one-off episode. They're like one-shot episodes pretty much with Distant Lands, but with now having the multiverse open, they could do like, um, after Fiona and Cake's done, just do like episode exploring more Cause the wasn't there like, time. Cause wasn't there another duo that was supposed to be the actual, like, next generation Adventure Time? Like a, like, I, I, for some reason the... I, have a, I have the image of a, of, of a, of a mouse and a cat, but I know it's not a cat. Is yeah, it, it was, it was the two characters we saw at the last episode. Was it even a mouse? It was a mouse. Well, it, mouse was, it was like some sort thing. of rodent. Yeah. And then the other the other one was like a descendant of Jake. Very pretty obviously a descendant of Jake. You're listening to the Pop Culture Effect on CJSW. <laughs>
But anyway, enough talking about Fiona and Cake. Gemini, want to tell us what uh, Vandal Tale is all about? So, as everyone knows, Riot is kind of on like a very, like, they're really wanting, they're really pumping out a lot of games that are uh, separate from their main baby, League of Legends, but are still like connected to it in a sense of like there are a lot of other um, characters such as there was um there's one that's in the works currently that's called the song of nunu which is about the um nunu and willem he he's this kid who has like a pet yeti or something it's he's more of a friend really but this one is called bandle tale a league of legends story i think is what it's called um it's basically like a little stardew valley type of game it's in a similar style where it's like that really cute um pixel uh kind of graphic style um, and it's set in the world of Vandal City, which is kind of, um, the best way I can describe it is it's like the fey world, kind of, because the Yordles are like these weird little magical creature things that look like little furry goblins. I, that's honestly the best way I can describe them, because <laughs> that's that's basically what they are. They're creatures of pure magical essence. I mean, you and, wouldn't know um, how to describe a furry gremlin, seeing as you are one. Oh, shut up. Um, <laughs> but it's basically, you know, it's a cozy life sim where, like, you gather resources, decorate your home and, you know, you get to know the other city's inhabitants. And, um, you know, that has a lot of the characters from the game, such as, you know, like Vigar, Tristana, Poppy, and everything. A lot of those Yordle characters. My it girl. Is... <laughs> yeah, it is going to be um, released November 1st for the Nintendo Switch and then will come to PC in 2024. Like, that's so... That's... <sighs> Why... That's like both of the opposite spectrums of a good console and a bad console for a modern day game. Like we all saw, we all saw what happened when Mortal Kombat 1 had their re had their release on Nintendo Switch. We all saw the comparison videos. It was bad. I know we haven't had the time to talk about Mortal Kombat 1. It's apparently it's an amazing game. I might talk about it at some point. But Nintendo Switch always drags the quality down. But so here's the thing, their consoles aren't as powerful. Because yeah. they need to just release the Switch Pro, which they needed to do for like a year okay but here's the thing though this shouldn't be a graphically intensive game it's a pixel game it shouldn't come into like that issue so i mean when it comes to graphical i mean if the switch can't handle a f pixel game then yeah obviously it needs an upgrade by now so i mean in that aspect bandletail shouldn't have any problems running on the switch um, one interesting thing is that it's being developed by Lazy Bear Games, which they released Graveyard Keeper back in 2018, which that was a really good game when it was released. It was a similar similar style of like a pixel game where you played as like this little dude who was, as the name implies, you were a graveyard keeper. I never actually played it, but I've watched a friend play it and it looked pretty interesting. It was nice. So I'm actually quite interested because I am quite a fan of these like, you know, cozy um, games. I really enjoyed Sturdy Valley. I think I have like over 200 hours on it on steam so clearly i enjoy it <laughs> and everything and so it's a mixture of that and also i am a sucker for a lot of these riot games that really go into the lore i need to get around to playing i think it's mage seeker which is more based off of um the mage silas's story but i just haven't gotten around to buying it and playing it but my one friend said it's actually really good uh side note what's the one they did with uh, misfortune and uh twisted i think that was ruined Ruined King. That was one with Misfortune, Pike, Elawi, Yasuo, and Ari. Oh, okay. I thought Twisted was in there, too. He might appear as, like, an NPC, but I think you play it. And I think Braum. I think. I didn't play it. Uh, but, yeah, that's that one. It was Ruined King. I think that was, like, their one of their first, like, spin-off games. As I sit here and wait for Project L. 
I've heard so much good stuff about Project L. Oh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. Somebody I'm, who, only, who is... I'm gonna only play one character. Yeah, I know you are. I know which character you're gonna play. Or you're gonna <laughs> play Darius the whole the boy, time. The man. I knew it. I knew it. You would only be interested in these oh, games man. if you... <laughs> you would only be interested in these games if you could play as Darius. I know that for a 100%. Um, excuse me, it's... Darius. And, uh, anything, Darius, Darius, anything whatever. In, involving Noxus, I, I would enjoy. I like yeah. Noxus's whole lore. Darius, Darius, I fucking hate leaning against him, and his brother can suck a dick, because I also hate Draven players. He's technically not his brother anymore, but... No, they're still brothers. Oh, they are? Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I they believe. originally weren't. That's how it was. Yeah, they're brothers. I was gonna say, do not get me into a goddamn lore fest. I will not shut up for five years. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more suited for the After Dark segments. I know. Yeah, I will oh, not yeah. shut the f*** up a lore. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's um, another game I, I'm excited for that is tragically stapled to League, which mm, it's in it's it's a game. I enjoy playing it with friends. I don't enjoy playing it by myself. <laughs> as long as the fan base doesn't ruin it. It's, they you shouldn't. Okay. They shouldn't, but... You know, I it's feel like the fan, fan bases base. as a whole are just somewhat. They toxic. are. They are. You dip your toes into any fan base, and you're gonna come out looking like some kind of mouth. You'll, you'll have PTSD for the rest of your. Oh life. yeah, it's gonna ruin you entirely. It ruined me. It ruined you guys. It ruins everyone who gets on the internet and dips their toes into the fandom side of any kind of shit that's on the internet. You just get on the internet, and you know. You just get. Ruined. Bye bye. You do. Your soul just gets um, corrupted, and it will never be the same ever again. Anyway, moving on from Bandletail, Menace, what do you have about these price increases with Unity? What what knowledge oh, do you have to impart? Oh, Unity's going to be ruined. Unity's going to be ruined. Unity, okay, so I should preface this with Unity. Let me let me get my notes here because I have like half like <laughs> oh God, three we're gonna get a sure. notes on this. Oh shit. God, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Here here are his notes. That's that's yeah, that's the shot of his notes. <laughs> I flipped so, through a manga book I that I had right beside me. I'm gonna preface this with Unity has been in the red for years when it comes to when it comes to their stuff. They have been getting trashed on by either if, for those of you that don't know, Unity is one of the biggest game development softwares that everybody uses unless you are a big company that has had your own engine made for you. This or is more for like indie developers in their house making their own. Well, you would use Unity if you're that. Unity or or Epic, uh, Epic's Unreal Engine. Those are the two big ones. But there is a free plan for Unity, there's a free plan for Unreal. But what was in the spring quarter they were their profits were 533 million sounds like a lot they lost during that quarter 193 million in profit Jesus in May they had to lay off 8% of their of their people 600 600 jobs like across all departments yes Jesus. 8% of their workforce they had to lay off. That's just not okay. What What was it, beginning okay, of this I, week? I, I'm, I'm sorry, just before you continue, I need to put this in because it is synonymous with your with, with the cuts that Unity faced. So, so, just as a little side tangent, WWE and UFC officially had their merger to make it into, into the new company of TKO, and they released, and WWE not only released a shit ton of their internal staff, but they released 22 wrestlers, based Maybe. Released as in like let them go or released as in they're out of their contract, they're fired, buddy. Oh jeez. 
Yeah, and there were people that were active on TV and had storylines going. Essentially, Unity posted this new thing that's going to start uh, on January 21st, or January 1st, 2024, with the release of the new Unity engine itself, Unity 4. Uh, essentially, what it would do is people had to meet, this is how it's always worked, but people would make meet a certain criteria of 100,000 for, for the free version, it's $100,000 and a million, a million downloads for your game. Once that would happen, every download download afterwards would issue a 25 cent fee. What happened was Unity essentially increased the fee and said that if it's not going to be just first downloads, it's any downloads. So any installation of a game, you are you are going to be paying a fee, whether that be reinstallations, beta feature or beta releases, game previews, anything like that. And I, I don't have a lot of space on my on my console, so I can I can see the worry for for these game developers when they were sitting there and be like, well, what if what if people game bomb us essentially like review bombing but instead of instead of doing that they just download and reinstall the game over and over again consistently making these developers have to pay oh dear over God. and over again i didn't even think of it that way holy shit i hate it i hate it so freaking much they need to make some sort of like addendum in it to where it's like one like one charge per count that yeah. downloaded it once yeah, it's the, they said in, initially Unity planned to charge a game developer a small fee every time a user installed a Unity game beginning with the start of t uh, of 2024. Uh, now Unity has said they, the charge will only come after the first installed install of a game. Okay. So they took that out. The uh, they updated the. This is all today, actually. They updated this again and rolled back a lot of their stuff. But essentially, the the continuous trust of Unity has been severed so much that even big developers and said that this is just a band aid until they can find a new new game engine to make their games on. Twitter was exploding over the, like the whole the past week about this. For those of you that play some indie games, uh, the people that made Cult of the Lamb, I can't remember their studio, but they said that they'll be taking. Cult of the Lamb off of all platforms uh, starting starting when this rolls out. I don't know if they're going to still do it. Uh, a lot of game developers have either stopped or paused their projects that they're working on right now that are running in Unity. But going back to it, another thing that they changed is for the Unity's free plan, smaller developers using, using Unity's personal plan won't be subject to the running fee, the 25% uh, the, or the uh, 25 cent conti continual fee until instead of a hundred thousand dollar limit they upped it to two hundred thousand dollars larger developers using paid versions of unity can avoid this fee by not switching to a newer version of unity if they do developers have to choose between runtime fees of either user installations for their games or a 2.5 percent revenue share so what you're saying is creators will be punished for having popular games essentially to to take all of the business mumbo jumbo out of it essentially what they are doing is they're adding more fees which would cause either a couple of things to happen either indie developers would have to uh just stop making games essentially because they don't have the they don't have the money to continue doing this if people keep installing their games over and over again or they'd have to monetize everybody would have to monetize the shit out of their out of all their games so you'd essentially only have live service models in games or the third option is that everyone just keeps running on the older 
versions of Unity and no graphics or any any updates that would come with these the updates to the game engines would would be in these new games. Or you know, everybody can just switch over to other ones. There are there have been some oh I can't remember the name of the the engine. There are fully free free like game engines out there that are all open sourced and you don't have to pay for anything. The big reason for this is that like when you when you make a game, you pay a specific amount to the to the people that develop the engine. It's like 20 or 30%. And then you also need to pay the publisher and then you need to pay the people that worked on your game. And then you need to pay the like if you're if you're on Game Pass, you need to pay a certain fee to keep your game on Game Pass, stuff like that. And after all that, then Unity's adding on this this 25 cent installation fee and this run this other runtime fee stuff like that and that's why everybody's getting so so uppity about it what it feels like it's it's a last ditch effort from unity is what it is what it felt like to me is that they're like we've been losing money for like four years now we need to we need to increase something to to get our to get our money back and they did this and it essentially blew up in their face and they're like well now we got no money and no and no trust what do we do now i mean the only thing they can do just just stop is yeah, this is essentially what they what they've done. Just just stop. Roll back say and say I'm sorry. It's just so insane. Twitter was exploding. I know I said this, but Twitter was like going off. Even developers that like don't don't really post anything on Twitter or anything were getting in on this. Even developers that have been diehard Unity Unity fans for years were getting on Unity's ass about this. And and I I give props to those people that were that are big developers and have a big voice in this that were that were hopping hopping into the, into Twitter or into the forums and giving their thoughts about how how this isn't a good way to go about it how this isn't good business I greatly appreciate because if it wasn't for them hopping in on this nothing really probably would have changed as much as it has in the in this week with them doing it they wouldn't have gone back on so many of these these little these little intricacies that made it up I mean all I can say is just like how the pop culture effect supports all the actors that affect that are affected in the sag after strikes i want to say that the pop culture effect are in support of all game developers making sure they get a proper wage and they are not manipulated or tricked into losing any of their revenue because some companies need to make ends meet it's frustrating um, because because literally like i at this point right what i'm about to say is speculatory but i feel like we're not far off from having a, every entertainment, like every enter, every aspect of our entertainment to be shut down. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think that it will be shut down, but I definitely feel like things will be slower, especially if there are strikes, like in everything, like how you were talking with the whole video game thing possibly happening, stuff like that. I feel like it'll slow down, but it won't stop because there are always going to be those people that are like, yeah, oh yeah, I make enough money. I don't really care. I'll, I'll do this game. I'll work on this game. I'll work on this movie. So I don't feel like it'll fully stop uh you say that but we'll we'll, we'll see what happens we'll see. Uh, but as as one last thing i wanted to I, I looked up the exact numbers and stuff that they wanted to do for this i'm gonna just go over the the free one that you know indie developers and most people will use so for the unity runtime fee that applies to your game you need to have made in the last 12 months of your game being out two hundred thousand dollars or or and a total lifetime installs of two hundred thousand the fee for that is is for every new installation per month it is a 20 cent fee per install 
every every new installation after a million installs it's a it's a two cent fee that's that's essentially how they're doing it for like higher the the buyable ones the fees are less because you're paying a subscription for it but i just love yeah, you, how they're just, they're, they're, just pun they're, they're punishing them for being popular they're punishing them for making yeah. good quality games it i'm gonna get angry I, mean, I need to calm down i need to calm down it's it's stupid like this this is kind of how it's always been though like it hasn't been like it hasn't gotten to this extreme but there's always been like after you after you hit a certain criteria with a with a developer of a game engine every install per the game would give you'd have to pay them like like a 10 cent fee or 20 cent fee stuff like that which in the long run isn't bad if you're also like changing the, how the criteria is met from like to like a hundred thousand like how they were doing if you're adding fees for reinstallations and redownloads like that that's that's where i get like draw the line there it's like you bought it once you paid the fee for them installing it you don't need to keep adding on but yeah so there's there's been a lot of drama going on this week especially at the at like the core of game development but going from people stealing money to a, a series that stole my heart oh my when god i, I'm I was so growing proud. up i'm so proud i was growing up gemini here and you're listening to the pop culture effect on cjsw Bobber, tell us about the newest season air quotations of DBZ Abridged. I just want to say uh, two things. One, I just want to say I'm so proud of you for that cut, that, that uh, segue. And also, I want to have two adem dems, another another set of adem dems. Adem dems. Before, in the in the earlier part of the episode, when we're talking about Fiona and Cake, I mentioned two characters that were seen at the end of the episode. They are actually called Shermy and Beth. And also, the other addendum. I know in a previous episode when we talked about AI music, when I specifically talked about AI music, I mentioned a YouTube channel that made animations alongside uh, Yugi. That he was making a series with like Rick Sanchez fighting Yugi with Yu-Gi-Oh duels. That channel's name is Faber Soul. I got it wrong in the last episode. I apologize for that. Anyways, Welcome going to in... the new segment of Robbie's Fuckups. Yeah, right? Just, just <laughs> Robbie, Robbie's Ro Robbie fixes. I don't know how to... Anyways. Uh, yeah. So, Team Four Star made their triumphant return to YouTube in a sense. They've always been uploading videos on their Bento channel, just doing commentaries for the episodes that they had made because if you aren't aware, Team Four Star is famous for having their series Dragon Ball Z Abridged, which is basically a somewhat pseudo retelling of the entire story with all of the character, with the animation still being intact with some alterations for comedic effect. But the majority, uh, and I, sh I shouldn't say the majority, the entirety of all every character and everything was redubbed and and uh abridged in a sense but yeah it was my childhood favorite show just like it was for menace and i love all of the references i love all the little inside jokes i love napa napa is literally my favorite part of the entirety ghost of napa. anything <laughs> ghost napa is Vagina. my spirit <laughs> i'm haunting you <laughs> oh, it's great. Like three times. <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, um, this was great because they recently partnered with a channel called Totally Not Mark, and this time I'm getting the channel name correctly, because he put out a two-hour Boo Arc retrospective review where he, he, did not, he did not only go through both the English and Japanese dubs of the original airing, but he also went through the manga, which showed a lot more when it came to the interactions, like, just 
it like I, I don't know I I will always love when youtubers go out of their way to create videos that show off the differences between between the manga and the anime adaptation because I know it it gives a new context because when you just watch a series when you're just watching Dragon Ball Z abridged or you're just watching Dragon Ball Z itself you get the content that's shown but you don't get all the content that it that has surrounded it for years so this two-hour review by totally not mark is an insane look into just every aspect of the storytelling of the boo art and that brings me to the uh, boo bits i did want to add that this isn't this isn't the only episode he's done he's covered every part of dragon ball z yes and yes. dragon this, this ball. is just this is just the most recent episode where he finally got around to doing the majin buu arc which coincidentally matched up with dragon ball z's return of these uh, little youtube shorts called boo bits now these are short shorter form content that kind of abridge the story of boo in kind of a single episode rather than a whole series of episodes and i feel it works in the same vein i would love to see an expansion on it but at the same time i understand the circumstances and i love what we got i loved how they touched on basically all of the original like long-running jokes and there's and there's definitely some new characters some new interpretations of characters some some great callbacks some great fourth wall breaking acknowledgements roshi's a perv as always and it was it was just great you know it, it was it was it was fun it felt like i was watching the old dbz and these boobits are actually made they were specifically made for this two-hour review and then i'm assuming they were just like well i mean we could also put them on our channel That's yeah i was about to say by the way. i was about to say from what i heard he reached out to team four star to see if they could do a couple random scenes abridged for his review and then they ended up just over yeah, they, flooding him with so many scenes yeah it, it just ballooned yeah because and uh i won't give any spoilers because i want people to actually go out of their way to watch the compilation that team four star put out but it basically bridged the gap between the end of the cell saga and the end of z which with dragon ball super you could take at with what you will which kind of devolves into just wondering huh like may maybe they should just call the end of xenon canon and then make a whole new ending that actually makes sense but that's beside the point that was two decades that was two decades ago it's so. going on a, on a mega tangent <laughs> yeah yeah that's just how it be with uh, with anime you just you just you just talk about it they just there's just so much to appreciate about it but yeah it was great the boob the boobits were fantastic i loved each and every one of them i hope that we get to see more like i know that originally there were they, they did shorts for like the super arcs like goku black and i would love to see more for tournament of power for the universe six tournament for the other tournament that they had because dragon ball loves tournaments i i would just love to see it and uh i hope both totally not mark and Dry, uh, team four star much more publicity and acknowledgement in the future i know team four star is already a very well known channel that has a swath of people but like i hope that they're able to get even more influx of, of fans and maybe that'll turn into more incentive to make more content you know more more abridged. i would love to see you know maybe they'll do a, a bleach abridged or a naruto abridged uh, maybe not a naruto abridged but they could probably find one that would work actually it also needs to depend with the different companies though too because one of the main reasons why they stopped was they kept getting like copyright striked and the uh, yeah. head 
Even though they would give them the proper acknowledgement, like, the proper yeah. At the start of every episode, it all start. It always started the same. But yeah, if they were to pick a new series to kind of adapt into an abridged, like what, which one would you guys pick? I guess starting with Blaze. That would be interesting. If they decided to go with like a longer one, I'd say it'd be interesting if they did like Bleach or My Hero Academia. Yeah. Ooh, my hero would be good. Because I have seen a couple smaller YouTubers do like a Bleach Abridged, but they never really hit the mark. Right? I, I saw one channel that did a My Hero, uh, a My Hero Abridged, which I appreciate. There, there is a channel. There's a channel that I watch that does it too, and they they do a really good job. Uh, I would I would say not quite on the level, but close to the level of Team Four Star. I will um, always love Team Four Star. To be honest, they, they will always be my favorite channel. But if they if they were to do another anime, I would want to see them do. I, I've been stuck on newer animes recently, but either like a Jujutsu Kaisen or a uh, or or if they are going to do a longer one, I would like to see someone try to do a One Piece abridged. Oh dear God, they'd be making so many f***ing episodes unless they actually use this as an opportunity to like cut down a lot of the series. Oh yeah, uh, and I'm curious. Gemini, which which series would you want to be adapted into an abridged? To be honest, I've never really watched abridged series. Really? Uh, yeah, I've never really watched. Get out! Any... I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't even know what they are. They're I live under a rock they, when it they, comes they... to that. Is it like parodies or something? Kind of. It's, kind it's, of. It's more they, of they just take... redubbing. They're doing their own vocal work. They do their own vocal work and then they re-edit the the mouths and like the motions of the characters to match what what they're saying. Pretty much deep, like for DBZ version, for instance, it's the still telling the story of DBZ the way it was, but they add a lot more comedic value to it and snarkiness mm -hmm. to the series. I guess probably either Bleach or Naruto because they hold special spots in my heart. Well, that's, yeah, that, that's fair. And like also with like Bleach and Naruto, I mean, yeah, sure, Naruto and Bleach do have some comedic moments, but they can be very serious series like DBZ. I think it's more funny when it's like a more serious show that gets abridged because you oh. don't expect a scene mm -hmm. to become comedic. You know what? I just You just gave me an idea for which one. I, I was originally going to go with Assassination Classroom, but the one I would want would be a Kame Ga Kill. And nobody knows what a Kame Ga Kill is. I've never got into it. You I've never, all, I never got into you it. all need to watch it. For those of you who know a Kame Ga Kill, oh, dude. Isn't Please. that, isn't that show basically like the anime of game of thrones where you stop, 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 stop don't don't spoil it it, it is kind of like game of thrones but to that interpretation i'll leave up to to you there's no spoilers pop culture fact does not endorse spoilers ex except for when it's convenient for, for our news well yeah if it's convenient for our news we definitely talk about it we, we have for morals it, okay i don't think that considers morals but yeah it's fine it's fine it's all for the content if it's for the content it's okay uh anyways yeah definitely go out of your way to check out the boo bits support the official release 
<laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. Oh I my had god. To. I had to. Uh, no, support. Robbie, totally not. Out corner. <laughs> no, no, don't actually. I, th that might actually ruin the recording if you do that, so please don't. Anyways, uh, yeah, go check out the Totally Not Marks review. It's so, it's such a good representation of how important the Boo Saga was, and that's why I want them to do, like, a full series of it, but if not, at least we have the Boo Bits, which I love that name. I'm always gonna love Boo Bits, and I will also say I love Boo's characterization, like Fat Boo. I love him. He's amazing. And it doesn't matter if it's a bridge, Japanese dub, English dub, I will always love him. He will always be my favorite Dragon Ball character. And I'm so sad he wasn't used in the Tournament of Power. It's so upsetting. But maybe maybe in the next anime adaptation. Anyways, I think that wraps up the majority of what we've been talking about today. We've talked about a lot of stuff that kind of just tugs at the heartstrings of our early 2000 era, 2010 era in the case of Adventure Time. Uh, content, you know? And I guess also in DBZ. But yeah. I want to implore everyone to go check out all of the topics that we had to cover today from uh, from the bottom of my heart. I want to say thank you, everybody, for watching. Please go check out every other podcast that CJSW has to offer. And uh, I would like to thank all of my co-hosts today. I would like to thank Gemini for her insight on Sims. Anytime. I would like to thank Blaze. It was a pleasure. Did you just... Okay, I thought you just, like, smacked your ass or some shit. <laughs> I, I was like, I, what just happened? <laughs> no, stop. My fingers. <laughs> oh, my God. And thank you so much, uh, Menace. Oh, yeah. Always always fun. Anyways, it's been an absolute pleasure. Being Future Bobber, don't cut that out. You're also a bitch. I... I I would just like to say it's been an absolute pleasure being able to talk about all this crazy cool stuff. And there's going to be a lot more because, honestly, I kind of already have my next week's topics already thought out. But anyways, that'll be for next week. As of this week, we've finished up. We've wrapped things up. Have a great rest of your day, everyone. And from all of us, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to The Pop Culture Effect on CJSW.